Hey guys, and welcome back to Lumis Maxima, the podcast with bright ideas about all things Harry Potter. I'm Sarah. And I'm Delaney, and we're your hostess with the most. This podcast will contain spoilers, mature language, adult themes, and a lot of opinions. Each week, we analyze Harry Potter themes, content, characters, and more. And we even do some extra stuff to keep it fun and fresh. Now that you know the deal, let's get into the real stuff in this week's episode. Welcome back. It is another riveting episode of Lumos Maxima. It's actually the most riveting episode because this is what you have all been waiting for. It's what we've been waiting for. We've definitely been waiting for. We have finally reached the last installment of our controversial character series. And the topic and person that we are going to discuss in this and the next episode is the reason we started the podcast. Because... We wanted a platform to talk about Severus Snape, and we made one. And now <laughs> here we are, I don't know, 40-something episodes in, and we're finally talking about him. So, after mentioning it on every single episode I think we have. We have literally mentioned it on every single episode. So we're pretty damn close to it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So super, super exciting to finally be getting to this topic. This is not the only time that we will talk about Severus Snape. Um, we won't ever stop talking about Severus Snape. Never. So, this sorry. particular uh, set of episodes focuses around the controversy in a character and is not necessarily a comprehensive, in-depth analysis of a character. Right. Um, there will be episodes in the future where we'll talk about why we hate him so much in a much more in-depth way, I'm sure. Yeah. And... Also, episodes in the future where we will bring on people that are Snape advocates Mm -hmm. um, or at least Snape redeemers and have those more heated discussions in that capacity later on. We um, are still looking for someone that we can do that with that isn't going to ruin our whole day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we'll get there. But that will happen at one point. This is more of a literary analysis of his character in the shades of gray that it's in i Mm -hmm. definitely think that through reading the books and through rereading the books you know 150 billion times my feelings about snape have altered in some ways i used to be a staunch snape hater and now i still obviously am not a fan but i recognize that his character exists in a multitude of facets that are very complex and make him a very gray character at best so definitely yeah that's where i'm at with that Mm-hmm. Before yeah. we get into our first part of Severus Snape, we are going to do our weekly wizarding question, which is actually about Severus Snape. Mm-hmm. And that is, at what point in the story do you think Snape knew he was going to die? Do you want to go first? Yes. So I'm going to say right when it happened. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, he was like, oh, shit, I'm dying. Pretty I'm much. Dead. Because <laughs> I don't think that Dumbledore, who is kind of the puppet master for all this, ever thought that Snape would be in the position that he was in. Because Dumbledore couldn't foresee a lot of the events that happened, mm-hmm. including um, Dumbledore disarm or Dumbledore, uh, Draco disarming him, Harry becoming the master of the Elder Wand. Um, mm-hmm. All of that kind of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. And it seems a lot more to me that Dumbledore anticipated that Harry would die and then that maybe Snape would carry on what Harry had done to make Voldemort mortal. Uh-huh. Um, okay. 
So I don't think that there was any firm moment pretty much up until kind of the Battle of Hogwarts where he knew it was going to happen. Um, I think he recognized it once he, you know, once Voldemort was like, oh, you are actually the true master here with a lot of those things that he realized that he was going to die. So I don't, I don't think that he knew firmly that he was going to die. However, I think that he surrendered his life at a very early point. Yeah, I'm kind of on a similar page with that. I, I think that as soon as he became a double agent, I mean, like you said, he sacrificed his life. Right. He knew, I think he knew it was like a possibility mm-hmm. because he was doing something that was quite dangerous. But yeah. I don't think that he was like, I am definitely going to die because of this. I just think it was like a looming feeling all the time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm kind of similar in the same way. It's that I don't think that he ever necessarily thought about dying I think he absolutely knew he could die and I almost think he kind of didn't care at that point he wanted to like he was wanting to do something that would kind of end things for him but he didn't want to kill himself yeah because I think that I think that he kind of wanted or didn't I don't necessarily think he wanted to die I think he didn't care to that he died that he was gonna die maybe I don't know but I think that the whole point of like, you know, Harry at some point comes to terms that he is going to die. I don't think Snape ever had that moment. And part of it, I think is because he has such like kind of grandiose visions of who he is. And I don't think he ever pictured himself really dying, even if he knew that that was the end goal. So I don't, I don't think, yeah, I'm kind of on the same page, but I don't think he really knew he was going to die until it happened. Right. And I mean, we know, he didn't feel like there was a lot to live for at a mm-hmm. point once Lily yeah. was dead and he realized that he kind of had a role in it. Um, uh-huh. He had a lot of guilt and a lot of remorse. And mm-hmm. the whole reason that he stops being a true Death Eater and starts working for, you know, the side of good is because he wants to sacrifice in a way that is meaningful and a nod towards what's happened. Mm-hmm. So I think he knew it was a possibility But yeah, I would say that he didn't know that it was going to, like, it was going down really until it was going down. Yeah, because I I think that the way he and Harry approached death were kind of differently. I think Harry, Harry absolutely sacrificed himself. He knew that's what he was doing. He knew he was going to his death. Snape just kind of didn't care and knew it was a possibility, but I don't think he ever faced the reality of it. Right. And there... To be honest, there aren't a lot of situations where Snape faces imminent death. Right. Until the Battle of Hogwarts. Harry faces them, you know, on a regular schedule once a school year. Yeah. So Harry's also a lot more comfortable with the idea of death because he accepts that he's doing something that's quite good. Yeah. And that has really positive outcomes if he does it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Snape is doing it, I think, more because he's like, you know, I really did something bad. So I'm going to try and do something good. And if it doesn't, you know, maybe they'll equal out at some point. And not only that, it's also a part of, like, getting revenge for Lily as well. Mm -hmm. It really has nothing to do with good or bad as much. Yeah, it has nothing to do with anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, Um, So, okay. We got you guys nice and warmed up with us thinking Snape's not a good person. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't agree with that, I'm sorry, but this isn't the episode for you. (laughs) No. No. Um, so we're going to hop into a little background this episode, some family background, some mm-hmm. personal history, time at Hogwarts, and kind of life and death. 
And then in our next episode, we will get into personality traits and controversies that kind of went hand in hand with him mm-hmm. to make him such a complex character. He he's just an odd he's an odd one and even his family history i mean if you didn't know what he ended up like as a person you would be a little bit sad oh definitely for his upbringing and even for his time at school his time at school was really rough yeah it was it was really rough Mm -hmm. Um, i mean it's not excusing him being an absolute shithead but no no but he did not have a good situation I mean, you look at serial killers and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, don't kill people. But at the same time, like, yeah, you got the shit end of the stick on that one. Yeah. So we obviously know that Snape is a, quote, half-blood prince. We learned about mm-hmm. that in six. But Snape is the surname of a family that's got muggles and magical members. Um, and they lived in Spinner's End, which is actually just down the street from where the Evans and Petunia and Lily lived. So... Snape and Lily, I don't think they knew each other before they went to school, but once they got to Hogwarts, realized that they lived close to each other. No, they, they met right or before they, they were. Before. Yeah, Snape saw Lily doing magic. That's whole the, how that whole thing happened. Oh, yeah, as young, young kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was the one who told her about Hogwarts. And then they end up going together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they remain friends for most of it. And then there's, you know, a big falling out that we all have heard and seen and read. But um, yeah. sometime in the 1960s, 1950s, Aline Prince, who is a pure-blooded witch, marries Tobias Snape, who is a muggle. And they have Severus Snape, who ends up being a half-blooded wizard. Mm-hmm. And she is who we see in the sixth book mm-hmm. um, with his mom, or who Hermione finds out about. Hermione's very good at her detective work, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I think the Prince family is one of the Sacred Eight, if I'm remembering I, correctly. At, at least an old, revered a, family. Pretty, yeah, very, very pretty, old. Yeah, pretty old money family. So um, his upbringing really doesn't make sense. It it really only makes sense because if it is a first eight family, mm-hmm. um, it would not be acceptable for her to have married a muggle. Right. Which yeah. it's interesting because they, the accounts say that the marriage was really unhappy mm-hmm. and argued a lot and were really neglectful. I would have thought that they had to have been in some sort of love for Aline to make the decision mm-hmm. to not marry a wizard based on the family pressure. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, especially because it's noted, too, that they live in, like, near destitution. Yeah, they're really poor. So it's really, not really like poor. that was her only choice to marry. So right. clearly, I mean, yeah, there was clearly some reason that she decided to marry this muggle and who didn't have any money and, like, you know, yeah. all this mm-hmm. stuff. But apparently it just went wrong somewhere. Big time. Oh, JK, since you listen to our podcast, we want to know what happened. Yeah, and you know what? It it might have been that because she, I mean, who knows? With um her the Prince family being probably mostly pure blooded, mm-hmm. um and her being marrying a Muggle, maybe she was cast out, and then she resented Tobias for ever the rest of her days because of that decision, and that created all of this shitstorm that created Severus Snape. I feel like she had going in. Yeah. But, um. So this is the saddest part. When Severus Snape dies in 1998 at 
the Battle of Hogwarts. The Snape family becomes completely extinct because he had no siblings and no children. Yep. So yep. that's a really, really short family tree. It's more of a branch. It's more of a leaf. More um, of a branch. More of a twig. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but Sever Snape's personal history is a little longer. A little longer and a lot more interesting because Definitely. for all of the bad things he does, Snape is so bright. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So talented in a lot of different facets. He's not just exceptionally talented with potions, which is something that a lot of wizards find difficult to master. Yeah. But he's also a very, very talented wizard in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was creating his own spells and stuff. Right. Like, wow. That's like Dumbledore level. And I, he, he wears a lot of hats. Yeah. So he is born... Uh, January 9th, 1960, obviously to a witch mother and a muggle father. And he serves as a multitude of positions at Hogwarts. Potions master, defense against the dark arts professor, and then eventually headmaster, as well as being a member of the Order of the Phoenix and the Death Eater. Eater. (laughs) Woohoo. Damn. Busy Um, boy. Very, very busy. He does a lot. He plays one of the most, I would say, instrumental roles in the downfall of Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Absolutely. Um, He starts Hogwarts at the same time that Lily does in 1971, where he is obviously sorted into the Slytherin house and Lily is sorted into Gryffindor. And that is kind of where the riff begins. Because Mm -hmm. from what we know, they're friends. They're quite close. Like, she she is, I think, his only friend at this point. Yes. Um, at least from the flashbacks that we see in the books. Yeah. And he, we don't, we don't know what causes the schism between James Potter, Sirius Black, Lupin, uh, you know, that group and him. Um, it may just be that they're sorted into rival houses and that's just a natural animosity that's bred with the house system. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, definitely. I mean, Lily probably has to do with it somewhat. I mean, because of, um, I would think that Lily and Severus became friends probably because they were both kind of outcasts, him within his entire life and her because she had witch powers and particularly her sister and maybe other people looked at it as being different or strange. But then when Lily is sorted into Gryffindor and starts having other friends, that probably causes a rift not only between her and Severus, but anybody else who comes in contact with Lily, he has an issue with. Right. That would be my guess. By all accounts is fairly popular, bright, Mm -hmm. well-liked by everyone. Um, The the opposite of Severus, basically. Right. And there's, there's nothing romantic as far as we know, at least for like five years between Lily and James. Um, Yeah. And they actually, Lily and Severus maintain a pretty good friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, But, there is relentless bullying of varying nature to which I don't know that we ever know the extreme of it. I think we just maybe see like the, we, the yeah, we, we see, we only see the flat, the true, we only see the flashback of Severus Snape's mind. So we need to take that with a grain of salt. And then we hear it just like alluded to with Lupin and Sirius, but we don't know the extent on either side we don't know what horrible things snape was doing if he was doing any we don't know how bad it really was or if it was just 
some back and forth bullying to each other. We don't know, and we only see it through Snape's memories, which is kind of tainted anyways. Yeah, although when I look at the situation, a group of four guys and a single individual, I'm always going to assume that that individual, you know, yeah, has has had a much harder time, and definitely um, it it gets you know obviously pretty bad. And the comments that Snape has about James Potter as a school age kid when he and Harry are having Occlumency lessons, um, he says things like he was an arrogant person, and it doesn't say like he was, you know, my bully for years and stuff. It it, uh-uh. it more of sounds like. Snape just didn't like the confidence like a, and the like. They like, were more rivals, right? Bullies, exactly. right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. hard, hard to define that. Uh, we definitely do get the idea though that there was like some pretty, some pretty relentless nitpicking and bullying that went on during some really rough years. <laughs> um, definitely, and I mean, we also do need to keep in mind that even in that flashback, we then see Snape. As soon as Lily does something to intervene, he calls her a mudblood. So there's definitely more going on, which is my, we'll get into this with controversies, I'm sure, but that's my biggest issue with people who say that, like, the Marauders were just bullies to Snape and he didn't do anything. Bullshit. We know that at this point he was starting to have the feelings of purebloods are better and muggles are, you know. Starting to get a little dark. Yeah, he's already getting into the dark arts, so... Um, and obviously the very clear links between Harry and his dad make it super difficult for Harry at school because Snape is awful. Snape takes out a lot of pent up anger, um, out on Harry, which, you know, we'll on all children well. yeah. to begin with, what did Neville ever do to him? Nothing. Yeah. And so Snape, he, <laughs> he develops passion for dark arts obviously Mm -hmm. which kind of makes it easy for him to be like i'm gonna get some revenge because i know these things i'm talented enough to do these things which it's kind of disappointing because i think in a different you know in a different universe snape could have been an asset in a lot of ways yeah i mean he could have gone the dumbledore route where he could have even dabbled in the dark arts a little bit and then changed his ways and i guess you could say he did but for me I think his was too late. Dumbledore didn't really, like, act on anything. He didn't join a group. (laughs) He didn't join the Nazis, you know? Well, he didn't have to. He was technically a founder. (laughs) That's true, but it was, like, a couple months affair. Dumbledore got out once things started to get a little too... Once things got real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So all of this bullying that's occurring, the dark arts allure that's happening makes it so Snape ends up joining kind of a group of like quote unquote bullies who Mm -hmm. are pure blood supremacists. And not only does this manifest into the Death Eaters, but it also um, it puts a ton of strain on his relationship with Lily, who is obviously a muggle born Mm -hmm. and Sometime in their fifth year, they stop being friends completely, which is also around the time that Lily and James begin to connect romantically. Uh-huh. Um, and I would definitely say there's a link between not being real friends, like friends, friends with Snape anymore, and becoming romantically involved with um, James. Because- Absolutely. 
that was something she was really, really hesitant to it. And I think a lot of it did have to do with her friendship with Snape because she mm-hmm. knew kind of that dynamic between the boys and didn't want to do anything. But yeah, um, Snape is a member of the Slug Club because he is super talented. Um, but Slughorn doesn't seem to really think that Snape's going to amount to a whole lot. Yeah. Um, he keeps his picture behind the other kids' pictures, which we've seen, you know, in the movies and read in the books that he keeps pictures of all, like, the famous people and the talented people that he has. And, you know, Lily's was right up front. Uh, Snape's was, like, to the back. So. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's probably because, again, Snape was genius, and that was about it. Like, nobody liked him. He didn't. He didn't have anything else going for him, right. basically. You gotta, you gotta be able to to smooge with people a little bit. Um, and if you can't, you're not gonna make it very far. Because Slughorn has a knack for connections and networking, uh-huh. and there wasn't a lot of networking value with Snape. There was yeah. just a lot of raw intellect, I think. And he's just not likable. How can you, like, put your time into someone, mentoring them or whatever, if they're just not even likable? Because yeah. let's be honest, he wasn't. No, he he wasn't. He's got one of those personalities that I think it would have even been difficult for Death Eaters at the time to be around him. I mean, we read his interactions with other Death Eaters as an adult, and he's not well-liked even by his own group. Yeah. So, And I think that says something for Lily going off on a tangent, but Dumbledore makes a comment one time that um, Harry's just like Lily because she – or was it Lupin? Somebody – um, because uh, Harry always tries to see the best in people. And obviously that was a massive case for Lily with Snape. She was like the only person who was ever nice to him and friends yeah. with him. So I think that that gives something to Lily and her character to be able to see something good in something in someone who wasn't. <laughs> so obviously things really come to a, a breaking point when Lily is murdered, which this will be in next week's episode, but... Um, one of the big deals that at least I have with Snape, uh, people really reward him for becoming a double agent, for working with the Order of the Phoenix. Um, he did it not because something awful happened, but because one person that he loved died and he felt guilty. Mm-hmm. So I question a lot of his motives with a lot of his actions. Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the biggest controversies and sources of conflict with people talking like over Snape. I think is the why he did things. Mm -hmm. Not that it was brave, but why he did it. And a lot of people's response is that, oh, you know, but it ended up working out or who cares why people do things as long as it ends up being the right thing. Motives are important. Motives are incredibly important. It's the difference between manslaughter and murder one. Exactly. Yeah. And if he was doing it just for himself, which I believe so, it devalues the act. I'm sorry. It does. Like we talked about in the beginning of like, there's a difference between how Harry knew he was going to be a sacrifice. He knew that he was sacrificing his life for other people. Snape didn't think like that. So even though he died for the cause, it wasn't, that wasn't what he, he himself was doing. It devalues it. I'm sorry. It just does. No, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. Um, there are 
a lot of oppositions to Snape joining the Order of the Phoenix in the beginning, in the middle, and in the end. Um, Now, to Snape's credit, I think he does do the double agent thing perfectly. Oh, I don't think anyone else would have been able to do this. He has a general affect that makes it possible to do this. And he also possesses a lot of magical talent that other Mm -hmm. people don't that makes him a suitable candidate for the job. So I think definitely the only person that could pull it off. Absolutely. I think his I think his his um, the fact that he is so cool and not really attached to anyone or any cause is the way he was able to do it so well. Right. And I mean, so even if Voldemort had found stuff out, okay, so how, how's he going to torture Snape? He, he kills him. Snape's like, all right. Yeah, exactly. He, what, he's going to hurt someone Snape loves? Snape doesn't love anyone. Snape right. doesn't care about anything. Yeah. So. Nobody else could have done that. And he did it perfectly. Truly. Yeah, it's... It's... um, It's... I've read in different places that Snape becomes a member of the Order of the Phoenix at different points in time. So mm-hmm. a lot of them say it's after Lily gets murdered that he goes to Dumbledore. Then I've read some that say it's before Lily gets murdered and he joins Dumbledore to try and protect her, but then he can't. It's I I don't know which one I go with. Um, I just know that he did it for Lily at whatever point in time that he did it for. I mean, the the way I remember it was that he did go to Dumbledore before Lily died, but it wasn't, like, the true double agent. It was just, like, the, here's the one time I'm going to come to you because I want to protect Lily. And then after Lily died is when he made the true switch. That's how I remember it. That's how I understand it. I'll go with that. Um, obviously, a lot of people do not want Snape to join the Order, I don't think anyone in the Order ever trusts him other than Dumbledore. Um, And I think Dumbledore only trusts him because he understands his motives. He understands all of the background. Right. And it's Dumbledore trusts him and therefore people kind of trust him in a secondhand way. But there are a lot of oppositions to it. And the relationship between Snape and Dumbledore is one of the most complex relationships I think in a book that I've read. Yeah. And it's, it's like, they're not friends. No, they do not like each other. They have this freakishly high understanding and loyalty that there is one central goal that they're working towards. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of shit that's going to happen before they get there. And they're just going to roll with it. Like, Snape is going to kill Dumbledore. Yeah, it's it's the strangest relationship because Dumbledore knows almost, if not everything, about Snape. And Dumbledore is the only one who knows all of this history and why he's doing these things and, and all of that. And then Snape also knows a lot about what Dumbledore is doing that he's not letting anybody else in on. But at the mm-hmm. same time... They don't like each other. They're not close. No, they're not friends. I've no. seen a lot of people mistake this unique relationship for friendship. It's not friendship. No. It's, it's mutual need. It's mutual need. Best. Yeah. And because it, because of that, because it, they happen to be the person that each of them needs to get this goal done, they end up confiding in each other, not out of friendship, not out of anything, but need, like needs to know. It's very strange. It's very strange. And it's 
a very, very powder keg-esque relationship because Snake coming to Dumbledore could have gone 9,000 other ways. Uh huh. If Dumbledore had been at a different place in his life or if they had been, you know, a year before or after when this whole reconciliation and agreement happens, this may have never come to fruition. Yeah. And it was essential that Snape be in the role that he was in in order to get to where they needed to get. Yeah. And it just, it kind of blows my mind that it works because, yeah. because it really shouldn't. But at the yeah. same time, like Dumbledore is playing five dimensional chess and everyone else is playing connect four. So yeah, pretty much. Better. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that people, one of the points in the story that makes people mistake this relationship for something genuine is that Snape doesn't want to kill Dumbledore. I don't think it's because of guilt. I don't think it's because he cares about Dumbledore. I think it's because he knows that killing Dumbledore is the point of no return. But I also think it knows it's because if he kills Dumbledore, then there is no way that he is ever getting out of it. That's what I mean. Point of no return. Yeah. Well, and he's killing the only person that has any idea what his life has been like. Right. He's so there's, yeah, the only person who he maybe feels has somewhat of an understanding for him as an individual. That's just, he is totally accepting that he is entering a unique loneliness. Yeah. Isolation. Mentally, physically, and emotionally from whenever it happens to whenever he dies. Yeah. I mean, it's the point where his double life is no longer a double life. It's just the one. And it's, it's the point where there's no coming back from it, even if they defeat Voldemort and um, the good, you know, the good people win. He's still the guy who killed Dumbledore. They're yeah. still going to have to deal with him. And I, so I, it's truly the point of no longer living this double life. It's a point of no return. It truly is. I do think that there's a unique bravery to that decision. Mm-hmm. But I think that you can make a decision that is intrinsically very difficult and has a lot of bravery to it for very selfish reasons. Absolutely. For reasons that you maybe can't explain for, I mean, I think in, in this way, Snape was just like, look, I've kind of been waiting to die for like 20 years now. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. He already yeah. kind of had one of those points of no return anyways. Becoming a double agent was one of those points. So at this mm-hmm. point, it's kind of just like, yeah, this is what does need to be done to get to my goal. So he, I think the only hesitation is because like we said, like there he's, he's killing Dumbledore. It's not this thing of where it's kind of gray. That is black and white. He killed Dumbledore. You know what I mean? It's black and white. And it's one of the most important people. And I can, I would think that Snape would be worried that when he kills Dumbledore, it's not at the right moment. And yes. all of the work that they've been doing over the last 17 years is for naught. And that could be it, too. I think that could also be some of the, the reason that he gives pause to not wanting to kill Dumbledore is that he's not sure that that's the true way to do it either. Right. You know, is that really the play? Because Dumbledore's the person making all this stuff happen. Right. And Dumbledore's like, and then I die. And I mean, if I'm Snape, I'm thinking, okay, but what if we haven't quite laid the foundation like we need to? Yeah. And Particularly because we know that Dumbledore around. killed Snape, or uh, Dumbledore told Snape the most, but he likely didn't tell him absolutely everything. Right. We know he didn't, so. 
Dumbledore's such an information hoarder. It's just... Yeah, he is. But so, but to the point of like it wasn't because of love, which is what people, I think people misconstrue that of mm-hmm. Snape's hesitations of killing Dumbledore. It wasn't for love. It wasn't for genuine anything. No, no. And I, I mean, I find it hard that people use love as a reasoning for a lot of what Snape does because I don't think that what Snape has for Lily is love. No, it's infatuation. I think it's infatuation. And I know that I know that he very specifically says that he loves Lily. I know that that's, you know, his dying moment is to give his memory of loving Lily. Um, I just don't know that I look at it as love. I mean, a lot of complicated emotions that get in the way of it being that. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, people who break into celebrities' houses because they love them, but they're (laughs) stalkers, you know? Yeah, that whole unrequited like they having a relationship in their head with them. That's how I see Snape. That's also how I see Snape. But ugh. so obviously Snape is part of the Battle of Hogwarts. He's an integral part, and he is murdered by Voldemort. Who Snape died, and this is why I don't think that Snape really thought that he was going to die. Snape was not the master of the Elder Wand. Yeah, Voldemort mistakenly thought he was the master of the Elder Wand. So there's a lot of pieces that aren't in place for this to actually be the situation. Right. Um, and he kills Snape, not even because he finds out that Snape is a double agent. Right. But just because Snape possesses a particularly powerful wand that he wants. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's a strained relationship. Snape does a lot for Voldemort over the years. And to just be like, you have the Elder Wand, but I want it. So now you're disposable. That's a rough look. It is, but it's also kind of like how Snape treats other people. A means to an end. Well, and it it also signals that Snape has done a wonderful job at what he was supposed to do. He's so good of a double agent that even when he's actually going to be killed by Voldemort, who I think Voldemort kind of threatens him, you know, on and off. Uh-huh. Periodically, yeah. But it's not even because... Voldemort thinks he's done anything out of character. It's just because he wants a wand. Right. He kept up the game until the very end, and Voldemort wasn't aware of it. I don't think he was aware of it that we know of, period. Yeah, I don't know that he ever knows that Snape was really instrumental in bringing him down, which, I mean, the mark of a really good double agent is that you just never know that they were a double agent. Right, yeah. But uh, Snape does die in the movies. It's down in the boathouse. I don't know. Is it in the boat? I think it is in the boathouse in the books too. Um, yeah, I think so too. Uh huh. And his dying moment is to give memories to Harry, who goes and watches them, you know, whenever, and feels so empathetic for what Snape did. And that Harry honoring Snape in all the ways that he does is too much for me. I think there it are, is too. There are a list of people that should get that before Snape does. Yeah. Um, so one of the things is that when Snape dies, he ensures that his portrait stays at Hogwarts, which is a traditional respect given to headmasters, which um one, no. But See, also I don't two, no. See, I don't have as much of an issue of that. Um he was a headmaster and he did do a lot to keep Hogwarts, you know. Uh, standing you know um, it wasn't taken over by Voldemort completely 
um, because of everything that Snape has done. So I, I don't, know, I don't have an issue with that. For me, the issue where it starts to get a little crazy is that he names his son after him. Well, like he gives him a middle name. Yeah, but like, on one hand, keep his portrait up in a school. Okay, whatever. I'm going to give my child his name. Yeah. A like the we know that Hogwarts accepts Snape as a headmaster because mm-hmm. he's allowed up into the headmaster's chamber area. Yep. yep. Um but to commission a portrait of someone who murdered the headmaster and kind of led a dark coup in Hogwarts and then to demand that it stays up especially after all that Snape did to that particular group of students is kind of a rough look. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It's not like, um, it's not super black and white. It's not like an absolutely, yeah, of course he should have had a portrait. No, it's not. It's quite controversial. But I think that out of all the things that Harry did to um, commemorate him, I guess, that's the one that I have the least qualms with. Oh, I think that's the most appropriate one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, naming his second son Albus Severus Potter. That's just the like to for me for Harry to put Dumbledore and Snape like almost on the same level is nuts to me. But at the same time, I don't know that Harry knew Dumbledore that much better than he knew Snape. No, but there was still, in my opinion, there was still genuine love and a genuine relationship between Harry and Dumbledore, where there was anything but with Harry and Snape. Like, there was at least some personal relationship there. I just, Harry naming his kids in general is just really weird. We've got James Yeah, they're really horrible. James Sirius, okay. Totally fine with. Alvin Severus. Yikes. Lily Luna. Like, Yikes. of all the people, Sir- Snape and Luna make that list? Uh, well, Luna makes that list because of uh, Jenny. I guess. But, yeah, Albus Severus is just, like, the worst. No, no. You've got, <laughs> you've got James and Lily with a Sirius is a strange middle name, and Luna's not that strange. But then you've got Albus Severus. Ugh. Yikes. Yeah. Big yikes. Big, Big yikes. Um, so anyways, yeah, he names this kid Albus Severus. That's kind of weird. That's weird. Um, and so much, though, that Snape impacts this, that Harry tells Albus, if you want to be in Slytherin, you can be in Slytherin, too. Mm-hmm. Or, like, one of the bravest men that I ever knew was in Slytherin. And, you know, it, I think we can fully acknowledge that there was a lot of bravery that went into a lot of what Snape did. Right. But I also don't know that it can be, the act itself can be brave. If you're not doing it for somebody else. Right. I think that there's, I don't know, I'll have to look up some definitions before we come back for our next episode when we get more into personality traits. But there's just something about bravery that implies that it's done, you know, without a thought to yourself. Right. That it's done because it was a need to be done and not necessarily because... You don't it really lines have... up with your own goals. Yeah. No. So I have to look some of this up and get some really clear definitions on some of it. But I don't know that I would have told Albus Severus, one of the bravest men that I knew. Uh, yeah. Know. At least not with like a footnote of like, yeah, but he was also a horrible person at the same time. 
yeah, you know, a terrible person who had a lot of complex, really weird feelings that manifested in some really dark ways. And yeah, I mean, I would have used Severus as a example of how even like everybody has it in them to be brave, um, even if they're not the person you think, or even if um, they're not doing it for the same reason you would, et cetera, et cetera. I would not be putting him up on a pedestal, though. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be naming my child after him. No, buy a textbook that he writes. Don't. Yeah, there you go. Textbook. Well, he can. He's dead. Whatever. Eh. Um, so, I don't know. I think we'll stop there and talk about yeah. personalities with controversies next episode. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think they will definitely go together. Oh, yeah, and they'll get real long. Because <laughs> his, his personality is one of the controversies, in yes. my opinion. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So, I guess this will conclude part one of our final installment of the Controversial Characters series. This is truly just a warm-up. This All the other characters... This is- this is the nicest that we will ever be about Snape. Yeah, I think all of the other characters we've done in this series, like, the beginning was truly to go over personal history, family history, that kind of stuff. Not for this one. I think this is just a warm-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Purely. We've got (laughs) relationships to analyze. We've got personality traits that end up in lifelong altering decisions to analyze. We've got just his being. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to look at in our next episode, which is super exciting. Um, mm-hmm. That's it for this week. Yeah. Uh, what are you loving this week, Delaney? Uh, come back to me. I have something in my head. Oh, just kidding. I know what I was going to say. I know mm. what you're going to say, too. Yeah, go ahead. Is it is it your Disney thingy? No, it isn't. It's not? No, it's not. What is it? That's next week. Um. This week, I am loving Taylor Swift's new album. Oh my gosh, that should have been my first guess. It should have been. I'm <laughs> shocked that it isn't. It's a masterpiece. I love her. I want to be her best friend. And the album truly is amazing. I have been listening to it nonstop. I have almost all the words memorized. It's been out for 48 hours. Oh my god. <sighs> Go ahead. What's yours? Um, I'm loving my engagement ring because I got yeah. engaged yesterday. Yay! Yay! I'm loving wedding planning this week. I haven't, as the, at the time that we're recording this episode, I haven't actually announced it to people yet. Right. But by the time that this gets out, I probably will have. So. Yeah, I don't think you'll be able to keep it much longer. I don't know. We're hey, with you guys. It was so amazing, and we're just waiting to get photos back. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting. But I don't think you're not going. I don't think you're going to be hiding that rock for much longer. No, oh, no, I doubt it. No, I have to go to class on Tuesday, and then the yeah, work will go. be out. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I'm loving this week. Um, yeah, of course. As always, we hope that you enjoyed our content this week. If you did, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Lumos Maxima Podcast on Instagram, at Lumos Maxima Pod on Twitter, and at Lumos Maxima Podcast at gmail.com if you want to write us something long to chit chat about. We would love to get feedback on this particular character series, especially if you are pro Snape, Snape apologist, Snape redeemed, all that, because we just have a really hard time seeing it from that perspective. So definitely. Yeah. Give us some content to make sure that we include everything, um, just because it's stuff that we obviously don't think ourselves, but we don't and want I, to not uh, it. Yeah, and I think this is the the one where we have a hard time 
playing devil's advocate very much for this one. I think you and I usually do a pretty good job of it in other times, but this one will not be one of those times. Well, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> please share the podcast with a friend, rate, review, subscribe, like it, do whatever it is you do, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Tell us what you love about the podcast. And that's what we got. That's it. Because this is just the warm-up, you guys. This is just our 45-minute warm-up. Our 45-minute warm-up. Get ready for the next episode, which will be three hours. I, we, I don't know. Maybe we'll do three parts. We'll see what happens once we get rolling. Yeah, the, yeah it might be a two-parter. It might be a two-parter. We'll see. We'll see how much controversy we can stir up. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye. Goodbye.